what was it? The name you gave the check unit. Check unit. We're waiting for a check unit uh, seven or six or nine. Um, no, still waiting for check uh, unit number nine. Ray, and that's you. That's, <laughs> <laughs> no, I was in check unit number eight. <laughs> and uh, although they did call me one time. Um, so um, when we're all ready, um, they begin the program. You put the headphones on, and uh, the instructions come on. And it's all, And it is a very gradual thing. So you're all, they take you very gradually from one. So they take everybody at the same time. Everybody at the same time. You're all experiencing something. But after the experience, you're told to, um, uh, after the thing, you write down what you can remember. And then you're called to go downstairs, and you meet in a common room, and you share your experiences. What was surprising to me was that absolutely everybody there experienced something different. Mm -hmm. We just went through the same thing, and everybody experienced something different. And um, I was no exception. And they're uh, talking about different things, and things are happening or not happening to every one of us. And I didn't know what was going to what was going to be happening or how this was going to be progressing. I remember one one of the units, uh, one of the I think it was uh, there's different uh, focus levels, and Alice can explain that better. Um, we're laying back, and they told us to visualize ourselves rolling over to the side. So you're staying laying there and rolling over to the side. So you roll over to the left, and then you come back. And then they take you through, help you rolling over to the other side, and you come back. And you're laying there. So I'm laying there for a moment. Then all of a sudden, I start rising. Mm-hmm. I'm going out of my body, and I'm going up. And I'm thinking to myself, this is not part of the program. I'm not supposed <laughs> to be doing this. And I don't know what's happening. And I kind of think, but you, they also told you at the very beginning, you're in total control. Don't mm-hmm. be fearful. Yeah. You can come out of whatever, you know, so don't be worried. So as I'm rising and I'm there and I'm saying, I know I'm not supposed to be doing this. I don't know what's happening. So I want out of this and I want to come back down. So you come back down and you're out of it. But I didn't. uh, So I get into the group and I'm thinking, there's no way in heck I'm saying this. So everybody's telling what they've done and didn't do. And And, uh, one of the main instructors, she could tell, she could say, "Uh, Ray, what happened to you? And so I'm saying, well, I told her this. And everybody's like, you mean you had a... Uh, levitation, all this kind of thing. And they thought it was a big thing. And um, I'm thinking to myself, well, I really didn't want it. And I really didn't know why I'm having this and why this is happening to me. And so anyway, I, uh, fine. As the time goes on, then there was this other exercise. And um, and this particular exercise, all of a sudden I'm, I'm laying there and um, I'm hear- hearing something coming towards me. <clears throat> I get very emotional. And uh, I hear something coming, and all of a sudden, I see this craft coming into view. The same craft I saw in 1977. Hmm. And this thing lands this time. And Was from, it the same place, too? No. It's, uh, we're, in a, we're in a state where it's just darkness right now. We're in a state where there's nothing and there's darkness, and this craft comes. And what, com- what comes towards me... All I could see was the head of what I described as a praying mantis. And um, try explaining that to the group. Mm-hmm. So, um, that, but that's what came towards me. And I didn't understand, what the heck is this? Um, so I went into the group and I'm explaining to this. And one of the facilitators says, yes, many artists have depicted uh, aliens as this uh, praying mantis, the head of the praying mantis. Anyway, as the days progressed, as the exercise progressed, my encounters were going to be coming, developing more and more and more. Developed from the head of a praying mantis to all of a sudden I could see a being, and it had the head like, like we see in the movies. I was developing the, the, the white, large head, the large eyes, a very small body, and the long, lean body, long fingers, the whole thing, like you see in the movie, there it was. And one time, um, but it never said anything to me, and I wasn't fearful at all. I wasn't fearful, I wasn't... There was no fear of any kind, but um, I didn't know what to, um, I felt, but it wasn't saying anything, and I sure as heck wasn't saying anything, <laughs> and I didn't know what to say. Next exercise came, and he was there, and behind him, along the back in the field, there were like hundreds of thousands of them. <laughs> like, there was just a field of them, and uh, close to the uh, craft, there was this one, and he came closer to me. He wasn't saying I wasn't saying anything. Then the next experience came where uh, somebody in the group said, well, Ray, if uh, 
he's not saying anything or it's not saying anything. Why don't you say something? Ask a question. So um, I did. I said, um, um, can you, I forget what, I, what the question I said. Do you have something to say to me? And what I got from the, from the mind was not audibly said, but from the mind, you're not ready. Hmm. You're not ready yet. And so as the experiences went on and the time got on, um, my encounters with this uh, became um, more uh, crystallized. I could tell that from the that this was a uh, and that this was going to be um, a contact for me. I didn't know I was looking for, um, and I didn't under, even understand it at that time. Most of the experience with this with this entity came after I left the Monroe Institute. Mm, yeah, yeah. And they've even said that a lot will develop more for you, and these will develop more after you leave here. Yeah, that makes sense, because you open up to it. You're open, yeah. And so what happened to me was that one of the, on the last day, and I'll end with this, on the last day we went into, uh, well, the second to last day, we went into the Focus 21, and we would go through these different um, um, layers to get into the, and, and Alex can explain that better, get into a Focus 21, and... Um, we would always be coming back out of the exercise by what they call a, a, a resonant tuning, like a, the sound. Mm -hmm. And um, you would hear this sound and you would be called back. And um, we get into 21 and we were to ask the question, we were to visualize a place where we would meet this entity. Because you're meeting these entities in a vacuum and a void. So you have to visualize where you're going to meet and be able to agree where you're going to meet. I'm a human being. I'm a, a lot of my limitations and my inability. So if I'm dealing with some, something from another entity or another dimension, I have to be able to say where I'm going to meet. Mm -hmm. And so um, I, I, I get to that, and I get into this dimension, and I'm, I'm saying where I'm going to be meeting. And uh, I get down there, and sure enough, there he is. There it is. And I go to it, and um, I'm saying to um, saying to this is where we're going to be meeting. And I would like to meet when I call, when I go into this uh, dimension, I'm uh, I'm calling upon you to meet me here. And he said, "Fine." I mean, and um, so um, the um, uh, we were saying, um, ask. Uh, we'd say um, I was told. Uh, say something to this, but look for sounds and symbols and smells and things like this. Be very aware of your surrounding when you're in this particular place. Look around, be familiar with things. And so I was going to say, well, what do I call you? What do I call you? At that particular moment, <laughs> a seagull lands beside us. Mm -hmm. A seagull, because we're along the riverbank. A seagull lands. And I look at this thing and I think, well, it says, uh, is your name Seagull? And I get this little smile out of it, and I said, well, if it's Hank, you better tell me, because I'm about to call you Seagull. <laughs> and so a Seagull that became, and uh, whether or not it's Hank, I have absolutely no idea. But anyway, I've been calling him Seagull and, uh, to this day. And so all of my encounters, I refer to him Seagull. And um, at the beginning, he was calling me, I will call you your name, and your, what is your name? As a real, but he's been calling me Ray. So anyway, that's the way it's been going. Um, the experiences after I came, but I was really quite annoyed because all of a sudden we were taken out of that experience, and that was going to be that was the end of it. Mm. I did not know how to get back into this, right? And that was the end of the sessions. So we left Monroe, and I felt uh, it was everybody said the same thing when they left Monroe. It was the most unbelievable experience of our lives. But everybody experienced things differently. Others were seeing angels, Gabriel, Mark, Archangel, and everything else. You would think after a priest, after 25 years, I'd see an angel. Yeah. No oh, angel. At least Michael. <laughs> at least Michael. <laughs> I'm seeing an alien. G give me a break here. So I'm seeing this alien. And um, so... Um, That's kind of appropriate. <laughs> yeah. So you would think, you know, something a little bit more religious? No. So, but anyway, everybody else was seeing all kinds of things. And, uh, and everybody's experience was so, 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 so different. So different. And it was affecting them the same way. It was a really a profound experience for everybody. Yeah. So when I came back, uh, that's when the experiences really started to develop. And um, the, um, when I came back, I wanted to get back. I, uh, they gave us a take-home tape 
uh, what number is that, that take-home? It's 21. It's 21, take-home. Because when you get to 21, though, it's so blessed brief, you don't have any time, and you're, you're called right back out again. So I thought, this... Um, but before we left, one of the uh, facilitators said, and to be quite honest with you, it's about the only thing I remember him having said. Everything else he said, I pretty well forget. <laughs> and the, uh, this only, this one thing he said was, <clears throat> if you buy anything out of this library, buy tape number 34. It's called Amy Sink Meditation. Thank you very much. But we called it just tape I didn't know what it was. So um, anyway, the... Um, Interesting. Even over, even over the free flows. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So he said, if you buy anything, buy this one. So I had it, but when I listened to it, all it was was hemisync. And I didn't know what to do with this. So I, I emailed my facilitator, and I said to her, she knew that my, my partner here, partner was Siegel. So I tell her, I says, well, I've got the tape 34, but I don't know how to get to the point where I'm meeting Siegel. So she says to me, Ray, don't worry about all of the layers and all of this kind of thing. Just put the headphone on, do the preparation exercises, and um, say where you're going to be meeting, and you'll be there. Don't worry about everything else. Just put it on, and you're going to be in that dimension for 45 minutes. So, um, so I put on the headphone, and sure enough, for those 45 minutes, there I am. <laughs> and now the experiences that this one put me through are still developing mm-hmm. and are very, very, very unreal. Un- 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 but it's um, what I can say right now is uh, that this has been the experience for me in the journey. Uh, I had no idea. I needed what I got from the Monroe Institute was deeper meditation, spiritual guidance, guider, and courage. Hmm. There is nothing can stop this boy now. Yeah, and know. so it, I got tremendous courage from this. And uh, that was way beyond any expectation I could have put. And when you go to the, uh, do the gateway voyage, which is the beginning, which everyone has to take to begin with, you uh, really have to try to be very, very open because you don't know what's going to be happening to you. I had no idea that this was what's going to be happening to me. Yeah, yeah. It wouldn't wouldn't have been something that you would have even thought to choose. No, no, yeah, no. Yeah. And when I saw the craft, I thought, oh, no. Why me? Why couldn't it yeah. be Michael yeah, or Gabrielle right. yeah, or somebody? Right. See, that makes total sense to me. Because if it had been an angel or Gabrielle or whoever, that would be same old, same old. All the church teachings and the rest of it. So, so your guide picked something that was going to make you pay attention. Yeah. Well, yeah it's to hold your attention. Yeah. I, I, it makes total sense. Yeah, it does in a sense that, uh, that it, yeah. to open you, you give something that's... And I was open to it in 77 when I was aware there was another dimension. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. You know, as you were talking, a thing kept coming. And uh, I used to caretake this cave in B.C. Uh, it's a pictograph cave. They say between five and 10,000 years old pictographs. I'd go there. I lived very close to it. And this old uh, elder took me to it, and I became the caretaker for like 12, 15 years of that. And um, so I would go with this friend of mine, and we would have these amazing shared visions in that, uh, you know, we'd sit inside the cave. And it's more of an overhang than a cave. But And um, so we'd sit there, and after it could be hours, uh, you know, I'd ask her what she saw and what what she visualized and be exactly the same thing that I had just gone through experience. One of which was, I'll just give this one as an example. Um, we're standing on a, um, a cliff face and her sister uh, was marrying us and she put this cloak of uh, eagle feathers around us both and then we jumped off the cliff. And we jumped off the cliff, we turned into eagles, and then we flew away. So that's the visualization that I saw. And then when I asked her, what she, she told me the exact same thing. And so we, well, one of the only people I've ever had this kind of experience with, this shared uh, experience or ex- shared visualization. Does that happen? I know Ray was just saying that everybody has different uh, experiences. But have you come across where people have had the same thing happen at the same time, the same vision, the same experience. 
yes for sure there is lots of even techniques and we have like even like a, a one cd called partner meditation where you can really like connect and um, have the same experience oh yes for sure cool cool because i mean to me to me that's kind of journeying right that uh, in a way that's shamanic journeying mm-hmm. where you're journeying and uh, so i was always interested in that okay and the other one was and i know through uh, you, you talk about um, different um, entities. I've sometimes talked about my lizard mouse experience, which was a good one. But I've also had what I called the bitch and the dude. And the bitch and the dude were not very cool people. They were not kind. They were not considerate. They were uh, not positive. They were not very friendly entities. Um, so the question is, have you come across any of those negative um Entities. Um, in my own meditation, uh, not really. I came across. So I bought a couple of houses in to to, to create a, a, a an emissing center in Manitoba, and so in one. Well, in each of the houses, we had spirits, and so one was a little bit mean and tried to really like uh, was showing up and trying to to stop the process but so uh that's about it yeah 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 i mean I, these guys were coming i've even had other people that would come to my apartment at the time and go oh i can see the dude oh there's the bitch because he had this big hat on and you, you just see a shadow every once in a while i would like to say something on this uh there was um from my own um, experiences of having been a priest, it helped me with the uh, the Monroe in, uh, experience in the sense that at the beginning, after we did the introductory experience, um, uh, exercises, we did a um, uh, um, what you would call uh, in, um, intentions, uh, almost like a prayer. I am more than my physical body, and it goes through it. I, it was almost like a prayer that would sort of ward off any kind of an energy or a spirit that you don't want near you. And I think that that would be extremely, extremely important uh, at the beginning of, Eric, of Eric's set because you are asking for no other energy. And you, there is one particular case where you do an energy bar or an energy thing. It's done in different ways um, to protect yourself. And I think it's very, very important because there are a lot of entities or a lot of spirits that do, if you're very, very open and you're not aware and you're not uh, protected uh, that, uh, spiritually, that these entities can come in. And I think that, uh, and that's, uh, for me, I saw that um, intention as a prayer. And I've, always, and I've used it every single day before uh, in, the, in the preparations. And um, I have found that... Um, and I can see the purpose of it. As children, when we were little children, we used to have a, a prayer. And um, as um, Catholics, all Catholics would know it. I hope I remember the whole thing. I probably won't. It was rather an interesting little prayer. And all children were made to say this prayer before going to bed. And it went, um, uh, Angel of God, to whom God's love commits me here. Ever this day be at my side to light, to guide, to rule and guide. Amen. Very simple, but all children learned it, and we would say it before going to bed and in the morning. And yet, this was a prayer that was asking for protection. Mm -hmm. And as innocent as that was, and although it was in a very religious context, it's just as relevant today. Yeah. I mean, and, and I'm, it would be very, very relevant even for Catholic children to still be using that prayer. Who knows if they are? But it's to be able to ask the protection. One's protection. Yeah. And I think that that was very, very important uh, and has still very, very important in the process. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, and yeah, any kind of training. I mean, and, and it's just kind of uh, uh, smudging. really. Yeah, smudging is part of it. Um, in 1990, I did a Chenrezi heart meditation with His Holiness the Dalai Lama in Seattle. And it was an amazing opening for me. But not always good to be that open. And the reason is, uh, so, I, and I mean, I saw the light. It hit my heart. It was just like an, this explosion. It was freaking unreal. Other than my near-death experience, it's the, my second grandest experience. And, uh, but afterwards, we come outside downtown Seattle, and I'm, oh, I'm so open. As people are walking by, I'm seeing their pain. 
And I tell you, people carry a frickin' truckload of pain, most people. And so I'm tears are just streaming down my face. And I'm saying to my friend who just passed away recently, um, uh, uh, you know, get me out of here. I, I need my I need a tree. I need nature. I need to get away from people because it's too, it's just too heart wrenching to see. I mean, it was just this blackness that people will fall. And it's like, I need to get out of here. And so, like, sometimes to be opened either too quickly or maybe not at a point when you're really ready. I, I, I don't know. But sometimes, and so I guess I'm I'm kind of, I'm trying to relate the gateway experience to that opening. Is that what the gateway kind of experience is? Is to first open you to that other realm or that other consciousness? Or? Yes, and I think we need to back up and tell your story so like that people can understand a little bit and have like a true uh, understanding of of what's going on. That'll probably be a good understanding for me. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, you. I think you understand pretty well your your experience. But for someone who never experienced the Moral Institute, some people actually come with expectation because when they hear like stories, they think, "Oh my God, I will go and I will fly and I will do all those things." So I think it's really uh, uh, important to uh, understand some foundation. So first, the, the gateway, like you were saying, is the, the first uh, mandatory program that you can take in Virginia. This program is can be taken like uh, in a lot of different places. It can be taken all over the world, even in Winnipeg. So um, now, uh, when you were saying at the beginning, uh, so I... Uh, I, I didn't have an expectation. Well, even if you, we all have a little, even when we think we don't have any. And so I started to, to, to come out of my body. So it was really a gift for me, like I was saying, to have uh, Laurie Mon Monroe as a teacher. And uh, it was like, wow, it's like uh, really like the the daughter of Robert Monroe. I can ask everything. And of course, me, my expectation the first time was the opposite of you. I wanted to do an out-of-body experience. And I think lots and lots of people who go to the Mono Institute actually go f for that. Yeah. And so Laurie Monroe, so I became really friend with her and uh, for a lot of years. And she was already all, always making fun of me. She was calling me, oh, the guy who wants to come out of his body. And... <laughs> And I couldn't understand why she was joking because for me it was really serious and I really wanted and and if you read Robert Monroe books, uh, uh, so yes, you, you want to experience this. And Laurie Monroe really quickly explained to me that there is so actually lots of different way to experience uh, your journey and it's not automatically with an what I call an Hollywoodian out of body experience where you can come out of your body uh, with your spirit and see your physical body, even if it's again what I wanted to to, to achieve. And so when you uh, understand that there is a lot of different way, and she was saying, uh, so her father was doing that at the beginning. It was the beginning of uh, his journey. But really quickly, um, coming out of your body is asking a lot of your what we'll call your bioenergy, your your vital energy, your spirit energy inside. That not automatically everybody have uh, as or it's um, uh, not automatically necessary. So there is different layer, and it's, I, I will describe the three uh, way of having a journey. The first one, the Hollywoodian way, it's the full out-of-body experience. If you have one, great. If you don't have any, don't worry, you don't need to have one. The second one, it's what we will call psychic traveling. Psychic traveling, so it's a little bit like dream. Sometimes you can experience it as uh, being the uh, fully immersed into the, the the scene, so you are really in it, and sometimes you are like outside the scene, so you are kind of seeing yourself, and so so you are the uh, you are viewing from above the observer, the observer. And, or the participant. So this can all happen into your mind, like into mind eyes, and of course, when you start to do have to have some psychic traveling experiences. Once in a while, you have a doubt because you think that you are making things up, like a dream. Um, I don't believe that you can actually, that any human can make anything up. You, you have, there is always some truth into your experience, even if you try to make something up. And the third one is, of course, the remote viewing, where it has given less, but it's more targeted, like more focused into just one place 
and time and you come back. As the psychic traveling, you can go more a little bit everywhere. But in both experiences, you don't fully come out of your body. So I think it's really important because a lot of people are expecting when they go to the Monroe Institute or to our program in Winnipeg that they will do an out-of-body experience. And it's not necessary either because maybe you are not ready or because you don't have the energy. But me personally, my strongest experiences where I can have like proof, as we are all looking for proof that what we are getting is true, were not in out-of-body experience. They were always in psychic traveling and sometimes even like really like uh, really light meditation where I could uh, uh, see the room and come back to my meditation and think about something else. And I had amazing, amazing experiences where I could have I, I got proof that what I was receiving was fully real at a couple of weeks later or a couple of years later. So it doesn't have to be an out of the experience. And this is really important for people yeah. who are listening. And I understand something now very, very clearly why I was ready for that elevation. In uh, 2006, um, I was uh, working uh, for, um, I got a job as a uh, spiritual counselor with a group that uh, was working here in Winnipeg. We were called the Universal Healing Center. There were five alternate uh, therapists in this uh, particular group. And I had one of the therapists, and uh, George, you know her. She was the head of the group did bioenergy work on me for a full year, practically every day. And when she started working on me, she was saying, by gosh, you've got a lot, of, uh, a lot of work to be done here because she could sense that there was an awful lot. Like I was carrying 25 years of priesthood with me here. Mm-hmm. And so she w- did an awful lot of work. And I was extremely drained after these sessions. I had to drink a lot of water and I was tired. And I had other work done, acupuncture, past life regression, all kinds of work. So that full year of having this prepared my body, I believe, mm-hmm. for this. For sure. yeah. Totally. And yeah. so there is a lot of way of actually to, to do the bioenergy. You can have someone helping you to, to uh, recharge. But the best way uh, is to really learn uh, for yourself. And there is uh, every, actually, philosophy uh, talk a little bit about bioenergy. There is, of course, in Buddhism. But the one that is actually today more uh, available, it's more from Taoism. And uh, and there is also some um, new way where people are taking a little bit of a uh, um, lot of different philosophy and putting it together to create so classes and courses on bioenergy. And I think this is it's really important. Important. And the foundation of bioenergy, it's having a balanced life. So go out, walk, eat well, drink well, uh, do not have too much negative okay, emotion, anything, really. rebalance your, your full, uh, it's what we call the four factors actually in, into uh, the bioenergy where you need to have your um, physical body taken care of as if you are what well, we call that leaking energy like because you you have a sickness or a illness or anything so you want to take care of that and so you want to take care of your mind and your emotion so emotion would be like a, a stress anxiety and your mind would be of training your mind to uh, be um, uh, like a wire to to make sure that you can focus on the task you are doing like if you are working you don't want to think about home and when you're at home you don't have to think about when you are working to really like work on the mind and then the bioenergy and when those four factors come together then your spiritual energy if you want to call it this way your experiences can really become real um uh, clear, clear, mm-hmm. really clearly. Yeah, you know that, that that's very, very similar to the, like the four aspects and a lot of native teachings. It's the four aspects of man, right? The physical, emotional, uh, spiritual, and mental. Yeah, very, very similar. When you got those, then you're you know you're centered. Actually, that's exactly what this was given to me for. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you: Do you lucid dream? 
Yes, and so we have actually. Uh, I used to lucid dream, so I used to when I was young to do like out of body experiences like all the time, like in uh, every night. Yeah, where I was meeting my guide who was like uh, teaching me how to fly, and uh, I, I love I'm flying. really uh, at the beginning I was really really scared of heights, so it was really like a big <laughs> challenge. But so it, it. it was it was that for years and years, and then um, we have a special actually uh, uh, program at the Monroe Institute and here in Winnipeg, it's called lucid dreaming and so uh, you learn how to lucid dream you also uh, we are teaching also uh, another uh, class in Winnipeg that is called the eight beams that um, my partner my partner called that the unicorn meditation unicorn and, meditation um, it's like it's with bioenergy where you are adjusting your bioenergy uh, before you go to bed and Wow, it's extremely, extremely powerful. And every night, you easily, without doing not much, you can uh, lucid dream. Wow, nice. I, I love lucid dreaming. I, I love flying. It is by far my favorite thing to do in, in, in the world is flying. There's nothing better than flying. I uh, just love it. That's why I ask. It's, mm-hmm, just, yeah. it's like such a cool. And I, I'm, I would still to this day am, am very similar to you in I remember talking to the same fellow I mentioned uh, uh, earlier, the NASA scientist, Dr. Albert Taylor. I remember saying to him, because he's an avid lucid dreamer, and that's what his book was about, and uh, saying that, you know, that, that's something I always wanted to do, you know, always want to do, is is to have out-of-bodies and to be able to, to uh, uh, go bring my dreaming body to here mm-hmm. instead of the other way around, right? In lucid dream, you bring your consciousness into the dream. But I want to do... I want to bring my dreaming body here and have out of bodies while I'm you know, on this realm in this dimension instead of going to a different one. Eh? So I, we kept trying. I remember once, and this is one of those times. This is interesting. Only time it's ever happened. I'm I, I'm in a lucid dream. And I'm thinking, ah, oh, I'm gonna go visit Albert, right? So I'm flying at breakneck speed, tree level, like Mach six, just cruising. And uh, but I I go over someplace in the states. Um, somewhere Utah maybe um, and there's this field it was kind of a weird thing not a, not a pleasant the only time it's ever happened there's a, 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 it was a field of rods I don't know I can't remember they're copper like antennas in a grid pattern and I'm flying and the second I go over top of this these rods instantly brings me down Mm-hmm. So I instantly come down, and this guy starts walking. I'd recognize him today if I saw him. Had a cowboy hat, cowboy shirt, you know, with the snaps, and uh, blue jeans and cowboy boots. And he starts walking towards me. And my immediate thing is, I can't let this guy know who I am. And I instantly wake myself up and 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 depart. But uh, I I found it just unreal that it just instantly brought me down, and uh, and that this wasn't. I don't let this guy know who I am for some reason, because I'm thinking that just as well. Like anything, um, can be used for positive or for negative. Oh, for sure. And so I, I, do, I do think that there's people out there that, um, mm-hmm. you know, like anybody will will prey on on people that are, uh, you know, don't have enough, like you say, protection, or, uh, you know, and uh, for sure. And so what you were saying, Ray, it's really important. You are always in control. And even people who think that they are not and they are like in either in meditation or in dream or um, they are you are always in control. But so if you don't know that you're in control, you think that you you don't have any control. But as soon as you, th- you, you, you remind yourself that, oh, yes, I am in control, then instantly you can snap back to your body or yeah. or. Um, as a dream or as a, a meditation where you're out of your body or a psychic traveling. Yeah, and I think that, that, that's so important. That, and, I, and I go into when I, when I do my almost daily, you know, I always ask myself throughout the day, are you dreaming? Am I dreaming? Am I dreaming? Am I dreaming? So that when I'm in a dream, I ask myself the question and yeah. I wake up, right? Mm-hmm. And um, the other component of that is always I'm God in my dreams. I'm God. I'm God. Because... When you're, like you said, you're always in control. So if something's not happening, that mm-hmm. you, you yeah. just boom, and yeah. you're awake, and you're out of the situation with no harm done. But yeah, I think that's really important to know that that you're God, basically, you know. But um, so to go back to your um, experience, yeah, Ray. <laughs> 
So yeah, so this is the the the, the there is a lot of different way to uh, to get an experience. Now after it's really important to not compare experiences like mm-hmm. with your uh, brother and sister and, and and nobody around you or in your group when you when you come to a meditation group. So everybody will will have their own experience and it's extremely important to not believe or to not try to um, reproduce the experience of someone else. Everybody has a path like I was saying at uh, at the beginning and I think it's it's what is the most important. Uh, even if we are like uh, we are watching movies and we, we want to become all superheroes and we want to do a lot of different things like uh, that would be like uh, the, the uh, common team. But so I think you need to look within what do you need today at your at now? What do you need? And for some people, it's not automatically to do an out of food experience. Maybe they will start meditation and they will say, well, you know, you need to go to the gym. You need to get some weight or lose some weight or eat better or work more by energy. Or, so everybody will have their own now messages. And it's, it's extremely inter- important to, to remember that. So it's why the Moral Institute, when everybody or in class here in Winnipeg, um, when everybody comes, they have a totally different experience because everybody are at different points in their life and often comes for a different um, idea. You, you didn't have expectation, and it's always the best to not have any expectation, but me, I see in Winnipeg in our school, in our studio here in Winnipeg, it's, it's like people come from some time to just um, be able to relax or to be able to unstress, to just learn how to not um, to deal with stress. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and actually, it's at least half of the people Wow, and and then the the other half come sometime because they don't know why they are called to by a friend they heard they are interested they just know they gotta do it yeah mm-hmm. and and some people who either have a little bit of knowledge and they want to really go deeper into their journey and so then we start with the same thing than the Monroe Institute in Virginia we start here in Winnipeg with the gateway but the difference is that we do it like over. Uh, Years like we take like two hours oh, a wow. week, where we go a lot deeper. Because like you were saying at the end, a lot of people, you are lucky to have experiences here and now after your experience from the Moral Institute. A lot of people, and I did like many uh, research on that. A lot of people go to the Moral Institute, and it's what I call the spiritual um, um, holiday, um, and. They they have a great experience there, but they come back home and that's it. They, that's it. They they don't know how to go back, and they don't have any support because it's not because you have a CD that you bring back home that you automatically understand because often there is not much guidance anyway on, in, into them. So here we we take a totally different approach. We take two hours a week, and so we go and we are teaching you how to bring that the tools in your daily life. Yes, in your meditation, when you will meditate, I don't know, maybe uh, maybe one time a week or every day, depending on people, and sometimes none, and you will come to class, you will do it, and you will learn how to bring that in your daily life. I, 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 and I think it's extremely important because most people who go through through amazing program, intensive program, they go home. Yes, they had that amazing program, but they don't know how to make it last. Yeah, and that support, I think, is so important. I mean, that's one of the things, uh, speaking for myself, that I've been blessed with through my life is having, for the most part, somebody to walk that spiritual road with so that you've got feedback, you've got constant validation, you've got, you know, this, that, the other, you know, constant stream of, of teachings or experiences coming in. And without that, and, and there's a lot of people, I mean, I hear it all the time, that are just starting out on a spiritual uh, uh, path, or we used to have this term around the sweat lodge where people would come out and we call them blissed out. They'd be blissed out. And that's not necessarily a good thing because mm-hmm. you're so yeah. overbalanced yeah. on one side that you become dysfunctional in other areas. And so it happens so many times that people just, you know, they go to have these amazing experiences, but when they come back to their daily life or their place, they don't have that support anymore. Yeah. yeah. In the religious realm, those um, that blissful experience you talk about, in uh, religious terms, we refer to that as fundamentalism. 
Uh, yeah. And uh, these are people who have this blissful thing in a fundamentalist way, yeah. and it's extremely intense. Yeah. And so that's what that's what's created. Uh, but I, for myself, uh, I know this always surprises George, but I'm so grateful for the uh, journey that I have taken throughout my entire life and um, the, the, the spiritual um, insights and the, um, all that I've learned uh, from my priesthood. Uh, although I'm out of a, a religious um, um, community now and uh, my spirituality is not one based on the scriptures or and I feel closer to Jesus now than I ever did. Isn't that but, amazing? Yeah. Uh, well, one doctor told me, he says, it's probably because you're not carrying all the baggage. But, it's, um, so, but I feel extremely close to the prophet Jesus. But the, what, um, for me, um, all of the experiences that I've had and going to the Monroe Institute have led me to a spiritual, uh, spiritual guide. But the real stuff has been really happening since I've come back. And each day he's trying different different things on me. And it's um, I don't know what it's going to lead to or what it is. I'm not fearful. He doesn't frighten me. And he always, those big eyes just look at you. And, and just the one thing is, are you okay? Well, I, he must know already that I'm okay. Are you okay? I'm okay. Because he's had me doing things that are really, really... Beyond me. Interesting. You know, I had this. I'll, I'll tell this story because your your seagull always reminds me of my lizard mouse. And uh, so I'm in. I'm in having this vision slash dream. And I'm in this uh, this old house that I used to live in. It always reminds me. I don't know if it was, but it always reminds me of this old place I used to live in in BC that no longer exists. They tore it down. It, it was it was a, an old Duke of Bor house, and that floors were like this. They were kind of like waves. But it had the most beautiful, biggest um, wood cook stove I've ever seen, which is why the floors were like this, because it was so heavy. But um, inside it, there was nothing but this old dresser. And I see this mouse runs under the dresser. So I take my slipper off, and I'm trying to whack the mouse as it runs under the dresser. And I'm sitting there cross-legged with my slipper, and I'm thinking, okay, when he comes out, I'm going to whack him, right? So the mouse comes out from underneath the dresser, except he starts to morph. And he morphs, morphs into this creature that I can only call a lizard mouse. It was half lizard and half mouse, but it was about the size of a cat. So as it comes out of the dresser, it starts to morph into this creature, and I'm about to hit it, and I think, oh, shit. If this creature can do that, it's a heck of a lot more powerful than I am. Maybe instead of trying to hurt it, I should make friends with it. So I put my slipper down and I started talking to it. And we, to this day, Lizard Mouse will come around and he'll still do weird things. But it, I, it always, like, because it's such a, you know, I ask a lot of people, hey, do you have any experience with, a lot of people, I, you know, I get to know a bit of any experience with the Lizard Mouse. Do you know what a Lizard Mouse is? Because you know I'm constantly trying to pick up information on what this Lizard Mouse is. Because I only know a little bit and it's so much more. Um, but I always akin it to when you when you're saying that it, it just always it reminds me of that lizard mouse because it's uh, it's that teacher, but it's that otherworldly teacher that you wouldn't think of, you know, uh, on in this dimension on this realm. So uh, I always find it interesting for that. Well, for me, similarities. It's, it's going to take something out of this realm to help me. Uh, move forward. Yeah, it's either that, or I'm just going to uh, enjoy my retirement and uh, just uh, live out the rest of my life, having written two books. But if the two books are to be known or to go where I would like them to go, it's going to take the assistance of a of, a, of an energy that's beyond this particular world. Yeah. And I think that this is where it's come to now, yeah. and I'm accepting that. And I like the idea that. Um, we could have this and have this on my website, this cool. whole thing, yeah. because it comes to a point where um, whatever in the future, um, people can understand that there is more to spirituality and the spirit world than we can get even in the religious communities in the religious world. There's a lot of people out there that are not attached to any religions or anything like this, but are extremely spiritual people. You may you wrote something, and I wanted to write it down, and you have it on your website, which is a great uh, website, and George will get you to talk about your website. You, you start off by this phrase. You say, welcome to um, 
aromats, spirituality isn't magic. Events occur in our lives for a reason. Developing an understanding and awareness raises our level of consciousness and mindfulness to help us evolve as a person. At Aramance, your journey takes place on a very personal level. And I think that that, was, that is really powerful. And I think that that meets the need in response to a lot of people out there who are looking for spirituality and a connection to the sacred that they are not finding and won't find for many of them in religions because religions no longer have a language, many of yeah. them, that speak to the young people today, that cannot connect to them today. And my particular journey is going to be speaking to two-spirited and to Catholics and and a a wider uh, globe. But to do that, I'm going to need the intervention and the synchronicity of a dimension that is not of this particular dimension because we've done all we can on this dimension. And so I'm being made to uh, become more and more open and I'm not too sure where this is leading or what it, where it will lead. If well, I know it's good at some point, it'd be nice if it was done before I'm 90 because I'm getting fast approaching. <laughs> but it's a, um, um, but it's it's quite a journey, a unique journey to all of us. But I understand now the synchronicity of all that's gone through, and having met and known Alex, it's like something that you've just said, George. You meet somebody who you can talk to and about these things to somebody that actually is may not had the same experiences but won't look at you as if you've just come off another planet yeah and will be able to say, be judge sensitive or... yeah not judge and be open and understand that you are on a particular journey yeah. and i can hear alex deep breathing so he's probably wanting to say something <laughs> 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 no, no, I, I could say oh, lots just of things all the time. But for, for me, it's been um, uh, having been, met uh, Alex just briefly, and uh, a lot of the things that he offers at their center, I don't understand 90% of it. The only thing that I understand that I can connect with is the Monroe experience. That's the only thing. Everything else that he offers, I don't understand. I've never been exposed to all of these things. I don't understand them. I understand bioenergy because I had the opportunity of working with it for a year. And that prepared me, I believe, very strongly for my Monroe experience. It allowed me for that openness uh, to be able to have that levitation thing and not understanding what the heck's happening to me. In fact, I don't even understand all that's happening to me at this time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it's uh, it's an evolving thing. It's why it's good to be with a group. Yeah, uh, it's 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 why really me I decided because a lot of the teacher the one teacher was saying, oh, it's like crazy the work that you are going to have to put uh, instead of like having like just one week and then you you don't have to work or you don't you can do other things for for a month or two. No, me I choose I, I really I I really wanted to have like that that weekly meditation with 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 every group so like that. They feel that they can talk, that they can... Every week, there's something is important that is happening, and it's extremely... Uh, a group is a... Mm-hmm. To be able to talk with it, express what you are experiencing is important. Yeah, and, and, it, and it keeps it present all the time. You know, it keeps that always happening. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's yeah. always it's always here. You know yes. what I mean? It's, it's not something that you, you forget or, or you just move on. It's, it's always... Yes, it's because continuing. we need to remember that we are spiritual being having a physical experience. Yeah. Right. Even like the one who don't believe in anything, yeah. uh, they are still here and they are still uh, that they want or not. They have their journey. And okay, well, in this life, it might not be uh, a journey where they will experience full uh, spiritual, like the way we think about spirituality today. But... Um, uh, having children and having a life uh, it's part of one of the path of being like a enjoying the the physicality of our being but we are spiritual being having a physical experience and this is something really important and this is yeah. something i want to speak to people about especially to the catholic uh, people who are catholic throughout the world 
is that you can still have this connection with God. I still call God, although God for me is no longer, I dress up as Father, which they do in the Christian term, or Yahweh, or Allah, or whatever. God for me is divine energy, infinite presence. I think through my experience, I have a voice to be able to give, and I would like that opportunity to be able to talk to Catholics who are saying, if you are a Catholic, be faithful. My sister, for instance, is very religious, very Catholic. She's good. She's on a journey. She's good. And she's very open to listening to her brother talk like this, probably more because she loves him than, than she understands him. But mm-hmm. I think that she's, she's there and she listens to me and she's just hoping to good, hoping to goodness that I'm not gone off a deep end somewhere. But I think that she trusts me, is open to me, and is loving to me. And uh, I have another person who is a uh, United Church minister who is going through CPE and different things, who is also open to other realms, knows that there's more to spirituality, that you, um, spirit, uh, different religious groups can complement their own spirituality with different things as well. They can complement themselves in many different ways through the different practices that go on at Aramant, that they can complement a lot of things, that it's not one or the other. It can be different things and a complementary of different things. Yeah, I agree. And, and uh, the, the only thing re- really that, that we've, I think, ever really disagreed on is, <laughs> is, is the, the whole, re- you know, the, the religion. I, I come from a place that, that uh, I, I make a very clear distinction between uh, religious or religion and spirituality, two very different things. And that, we, that for our next evolvement, that as a, as a species, that religion has to go. All religions, every religion has to go, so that there is a more authentic, personal, spiritual connection to whatever one wants to call it, whether it's divine, self, source, God, whatever. Uh, but I, I, I don't think that we can get to that next level until all religion is gone, in the sense be, because, as far as I'm concerned, um, they're dividers, and anything that divides needs to need, we need to let go of we need uniters things that unite us as a as a people as a species as a as an entity and so anything that 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 is a divisional um, needs 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 to go as the co-host of this pro- uh, program I disagree with George <laughs> and uh, the um, he although it may come to that I do feel that people who are very religious are many of them are on a very spiritual path a um, lot of them just yeah, go to one speaking, thing but but yeah so it's um, yeah I just wanted to interject that yeah see and I, 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 you're coming from two very different right, yeah places. it's 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 the one thing we disagree on uh, which is cool it's always good to disagree um but uh, now I, I want to know a little bit we've got another four or five minutes left um four or five minutes let's yeah well uh your store airmance yeah it's here in Winnipeg it's in Winnipeg it's in it's on Marion Street in Saint Boniface and so we are mostly like a studio, so we are not open like uh, all the time. So it's like the best way it's to fully um, know it's on the website, of course. Even if right now we are redoing the website, so it's a little bit empty. The schedule uh, on the meditation and schedule will give you an idea of the description of all the classes that are coming up in 2016. The program just came out like a few days ago. We actually are going to have an open house uh, December, uh, Sunday the 20th from 11 to 3 p.m., 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., so where we will be able to show actually products and explain and uh, products like for, from, like I was saying, like the four fa- factors, uh, physical, emotional, mental, uh, Monroe Institute, Emisync, uh, our classes, Bioenergy. Um, we are doing some crystal work. Uh, we are doing lots of different things. Backflower Medi for the oh, yeah, emotions ask you yeah, the, that. that are from England. Um, Lots and lots of different things. What is that back flower? So the back flower remedies are uh, remedies for homeopathy uh, that are um, for emotion. So we have 38 different emotions that can be imbalanced in our body. And so we we have 38 flowers to, let's say, to rebalance fear mm-hmm. or uh, confidence or... Uh, Anxiety um, or... Yes, things like that. Wow, Interesting. Yeah, I think I think that you know that that's one of the things that of this. Uh, well, I'll call him a friend, even though I've never met him physically, uh, in Panama, and he lives with the Embera tribe. He married into the Embera tribe, one of the Panamanian Amazonian 
um, peoples. And uh, what, what, I'm trying to think. They call it the um, sacred science of understanding the plants mm-hmm. and understanding yeah. the, the, you know, the abilities and, the, and, you know, what the plants can do. And, and just wonderful, wonderful teachings. It's, um, we don't give plants enough credence on, oh, for sure. on, on this world. We're just really silly that way. Well, originally, all medicine came from plants. Everything. It's just yeah. in the 1900s that we discovered that there was a cheap way to... Uh, synthesize. To synthesize everything. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I, ta- I, I, I want to thank, uh, first of all, Ray, for your ongoing support for Sacred Space. It's always there. And, and uh, uh, we love what you do. We love what you stand for. We love both your books, No Longer Lonely, and Those in Power, great books. Go out and check them out. Take a read. Have a good read. And uh, we finally got your uh, mineral uh, experience out. We did. George. It took Thank a while. Very much. And it was just the scratch of the surface. Yeah, I, I still think there's more. And uh, But I, I certainly can't uh, uh, wait to keep hearing about how it progresses and to see uh, uh, how it changes, if it does change, if there's more information coming, if there's less. If there's well, what would be interesting in the future is that if it is progressing, uh, I would like the um, perhaps the expert advice of somebody who can help me understand what's taking place, mm-hmm. and, and, get, and get a different point, get a different injection in this. Yeah. So we might have the opportunity later on as this progresses, and as I get developed into different things, I would be willing if uh, to be able to speak about it again, cool. but have an an explanation because I won't be able to explain all that's happening, and and and. and uh, wider area through someone like Alex that I know know is here in the city. Yeah, I guess so important and and I think that's a great connection to have somebody with Alex's expertise and his knowledge and background that's been through it and has done it for 40 plus, Mm -hmm. 40 years. That's a long time. Talk for hours and hours. I know. Oh, I, I was thinking that. Easy. I was thinking there could be a lot of stories shared here. Yeah. yeah. It's just so. Yeah. Very cool. This is a teaser. Oh, yeah. 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 So, uh, December 20th uh, at Aeromance, 11 to 3 p.m., is the next open house. Yeah. 288 Mario. 288 Mario. Uh, Marion. And that's Marion for those of you who yeah, speak Marion. English. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also, the uh, another thing is that by the time you hear this on my website, uh, that particular event will be over. Yeah. But then we'll check out his website, and you'll be able to find the following. And, and, and now I keep forgetting to mention this, too. Um, there has been a, a slight uh, a tweak to uh, the UMFM um, website. website in that now uh, people can go uh, to the um, schedule, click on uh, whatever show, and you can now listen to the show like later today. Uh, you can't download it because it's not a, a podcast per se, but for the next three months, it will be available for people to listen to whenever they want. And uh, so the whole show is for three months now. So that's uh, that's awesome. Um, so, Alex, uh, thanks for coming on this morning. I know oh, Sunday you. morning six, at uh, 8 a.m. is a trial and tribulation for some of us, like myself, who is not a morning person. Uh, but thanks uh, for taking the time to share some of your sacred space with our sacred space. Thank you. And I, I think a, a great song to end on would be, again, because of your uh, endeavors in healing. Um, uh, where is it? Uh, from our theme song, which is a Robbie Robertson song. I, I think we may as well end on another Robbie Robertson song. And uh, do I have enough time? Uh, I got I'm enough time. In. I can squeak it in. Um, this old elder gave me at the time, six peyote buttons years ago. And when peyote's fresh, they're quite big. And I put them in my medicine bag and carried them with me for years. I still have four of them at home. And I don't carry my medicine bag anymore. But And I used to cross the border all the time, not thinking that this was a drug, it was a medicine. And when he gave them to me, he, and when he gave them to me, he said, you know, if you treat this medicine wisely, it will always take care of you. So I'm going across the border, and at this one point, this this customs dude, asked me to come in. I'm the only person. I'm with three other people, but he takes me in and starts to go through my saddlebags and pulls out my medicine bag. I said, you can't touch that. I said, I'll gladly show you everything that's in it, but you can't touch anything. He says, okay. So we're talking, and I'm showing them herbs and crystals and different tinctures and stuff, and and uh, the only thing he touches, and all it was was like a red handkerchief or a red piece of cloth wrapped with a leather or sinew you know, around it. And he reaches in, and he grabs it, and he takes it out, 
and my heart just starts to beat. I'm thinking, oh, crap. I'm going to go in U.S. jail, right, for smuggling peyote. And he starts to unwind it. And he just would have had to go one more time, and the whole thing would have fallen all over. He goes, what's in here? And I'm thinking, well, I'll just be honest. And I said, well, I said, an old elder gave that to me and told me to open it when I was ready to. What, like I say, one more thing, and the, uh, the whole thing would have fallen open. He stops. He looks up. He goes, are you ready yet? I went, hmm. You know what? I don't think I am. He goes, oh, okay. Puts it back up, winds it back up, puts it in my bag, and says, have a good trip. And so, I, um, needless to say, when I got back to Canada, I took it out of my head. I don't carry it across borders anymore. <laughs> but, um, I, you know, and then when I got out to the car, um, the people uh, that were in the car go, what the heck happened in there? And I'm like, how do you know something happened in there? They said rabbits came out of everywhere, surrounded the place, stood up on the hind legs for two or three seconds, and then vanished. And I said, well... Like Billy said, when you use that medicine rightly, it will always take care of you. And that day took care of me. So here is our Robbie Robertson and Peyote Healing. Enjoy and stay tuned for Ray Alexander and Fascinating Rhythm at the top of the hour. Peace out.